Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. And as I said in the intro last week, um, but what I now have to repeat due to a postponement, it is now game week, which, you know, I'm sure this week, I'm sure would have originally been a recap of Tulsa's dominating win over Big 12 powerhouse sure. Oklahoma State. I mean, Big 12 teams were falling all over the place. God, I know, man. I mean, it was just, it was in the cards. Now we're not, now it's not going to happen. Blame it on the, blame it on the postponement. Um, but instead, it has now turned into kind of a, like a Twilight Zone episode where we actually don't have much new to talk about, but we still had fun. It was a good, a nice, a nice chat. Uh, so we do a bit more preview of, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a preview. We do a bit more talking about, Tulsa versus Oklahoma State. We talk uh, some American Conference stuff from week one and week two. Um, talk about what I do. Oh yeah, we did a Tulsa Stadium update. The like the uh, the talk about four thousand people, about thirteen percent capacity, and all that stuff, and fallout from that. And then at the end, uh, we bring in special guest. Finally, we've been talking about it for a year and a half, two and a half years probably. Yeah, um, special guest. And fiance of one former Golden Hurricast host, Pat Fox. We bring in JJ Cody for what she's wanted to do for a long time, and what we're super happy to finally do the No Sports Zone segment. So, JJ's No Sports Zone is officially part of this episode. Um, I think that's it. So, let's do it. Stay golden, Hurricane. Okay, so we are uh, we're back here. We have what we thought was going to be game week last week turned into game week this week. Um, so we have a game coming up. Another thing to be excited about: uh, Saturday, the nineteenth, eleven a.m. on ESPN. All of that is confirmed. So ESPN won like the big headliner um, against Oklahoma State, right at Stillwater or in Stillwater uh, on the road. OSU, as we discussed last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it. Um, with Philip Slavin, who runs the 1012 podcast and does a whole bunch of other stuff. Go listen to that episode for a really in-depth look um, at what what he thinks about OSU this year, uh, how strong he thinks they're going to be. Regardless, um, they are they are a really, really powerful team, powerhouse in the Big 12 um, outside of OU and possibly, possibly better than Texas this year as well. Uh, they were picked to finish th- second in the Big 12, um, and it has not been pretty for... OSU and Tulsa, uh, you know, in the quote-unquote recent history. The Cowboys have beaten us by an average of 29 points in the last four meetings. That goes back to 2010, so recent is in quotes there for a reason. Um, they are favored by 21 on Saturday, so still 21-point favorites. Going to be watching that number as we get closer. But the recent results, here we go. So last year we played them at home, you all remember. Uh, that was a 19-point loss. That is the closest it's been in a, in a while. Um, we lost that one 40 to 21 and you might remember we were, we were actually winning by one at halftime and then we didn't score again the rest of the game. Uh, so 40 to 21 there, 19 point loss, 2017, a few years ago, 35 point loss. That was in Stillwater. 59 to 24 was the final there. 
And then we didn't play for a while. Uh, back to 2011 is the next most recent game after 2017. That was a 26-point loss, 59-33 to 33 here in Tulsa. And then the year before that, 2010, a 37-point loss, 65-28 to 28 in Stillwater for that one. So it's been rough sledding uh, for the Golden Hurricane. It's time for a shakeup right now. It's time for a shakeup. You know, I I like that, but I'm also looking at the the uh, the last four. So like, if you start in 2010, go up. You know, we're in the 30s. We're in the 20s in, in terms of like points we lost by. Mm-hmm. 30s, 20s, 30s, basically 20s. Are we going to bounce back to the 30s once again in this? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a 30 point loss. But I'm looking at the uh, you know the wheel trend right there, and it scares me. Um, but I really don't think that a 30-point loss is realistic um, at all. If we lose by 30, that's that's bad. We've got a strong team this year. Obviously, OSU does as well. We can talk about them a little bit uh, just here in a bit. But I am, like, the 21-point number, I've got my eye on it, man. Like, 21 feels feels big. I know that's a really talented Cowboy team, and we're playing them in Stillwater, but the crowd noise isn't going to be there. I feel like that plays a huge factor. Um, it just it's, It seems like it's a game... That could be sneaky. I'm not saying we're gonna win it, but I think it'll be. I think it'll be closer than 21. Do you still have that like fifty dollars in uh, Bovada that you like? Oh shoot! Oh my God. From last year yeah. because you like bet on San Jose State game because that spread was ridiculous, and then they're like, oh, you can get it back, but you have to gamble like a lot in order to get it back. Or yeah. Something. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is looking like if you believe it. I don't know. I mean, get that money out. Just double down. It's tempting for sure. Like, yeah. So last year, I'm not a better on sports for the most part. And I made my one of my first sports bets um, last year for the San Jose State game, like Matt mentioned. I don't remember what the spread was there, but it was ridiculous. Everybody knew that everybody who follows Tulsa at least knew that we were going to be way better than we were the year before, which was a terrible year. Yeah, it was just the Michigan State game. We looked so yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, bet some money on this thing. And it worked out great. And then I was like, okay, I'm never going to bet again. I'm taking all my money out of Bovada and I'm getting out of here positive. Um, but no. So when I signed up for Bovada, I don't know if this is still the case, but I signed up, I got like a $50 bonus, uh, like a sign up bonus. And you have to, I don't remember, maybe it was 150. I don't remember what it was, but either way to get your money out of that account, you have to spend all of the bonus money. So I had to make more bets and I don't remember if I did that or not. I honestly kind of forgot I had money there. Did so you bet on the, one of the Wichita State games, or you thought about it at least? I don't think I actually did. Yeah, I did think about it, though. Yeah, it was the one we won. We were <laughs> yeah. like, not supposed to. Right. Yeah, so that would have been another one. Um, but, yeah, good good uh, reminder there. Um, so, yeah, keeping an eye on the 21 number for sure, especially as we get closer to the game. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what are you thinking about – what do you think about the OSU game? I mean, I mean, I'm just kind of hoping that it still happens. You, I got it now. <laughs> I mean, it's already been postponed by a week, uh, not because anybody recently tested positive. I mean, we, I'm sure everybody knows it's just because Tulsa was concerned back um, from when they had those eight players test positive earlier. They had to postpone a number of practices, so we've only, we had only had like what seven full contact practices. I think it was yeah. Oh god, I can't remember the number. It was something yeah. like we how we had we had nine practices or something in the span of what should have been 17, 17 I think was yeah. the number. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it's already been postponed and then you're getting, you're hearing all these other things about random games uh, getting pushed back. Like, and you just had what happened to Memphis after mm-hmm. their Arkansas state game. Like I just want it to happen. Yeah. Um, as long as it's, I mean, I, I don't want it to happen at the, you know, risk of anybody getting COVID, mm-hmm. obviously. So I'm hoping nobody gets COVID and it happens yeah. and we um, lose. 
by a respectable margin. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I don't know. We talked about this last week. We will not have an answer for Chuba Hubbard. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if we're going to have an answer for Tylen Wallace either. I think we got an answer. I mean, you I mean, know, we're not going to shut him down. I'm I sure know. he'll get a couple and big it's like plays. Last but... year, I felt like we did a good job of shutting him down, and he still had like 118 yards. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ugh. Didn't one of those come on some like 70-yard yeah, touchdown yeah, catch, though? Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. That's still – I, mean, I don't want to disregard that. Yeah, 70 of uh, Chuba's <laughs> yards came on hit the yeah. first play of the game. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean – burn you for that big, it doesn't really matter if it comes on one player – a mm. bunch sometimes it's true no you're right that was a yeah, it's tough to debate the point there um i do like i just feel like we are i feel good about the past defense and i felt good about him last year and it did it is, like i don't i'm trying to remember i didn't i don't have the stats pulled up from last year's game but i mean obviously they they succeeded in the air against us even with our our really pretty stellar passing defense um and i felt really good about it last year i feel good about it this year too um possibly better honestly uh so we'll see what happens there but yeah it's just you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to contain tylen wallace the entire game dylan stoner is also really good so even if we can even if we contain wallace uh stoner is still there and they've got a couple other guys that uh yeah and i mean like a year two Braden johnson a year two quarterback compared to a year one i mean yeah they've had both offenses i feel like are very similar from last season's matchup right um and so i mean they obviously took that one it's just a matter of well, our defense is going to have is probably has regressed and I think I mean everything I'm hearing is their defense is better this year than it was last year so it makes it tough and it's like well maybe we will lose by more than 19 <laughs> yeah. but I mean I feel like our offense is good enough to at least keep it close. Yeah, you know. Close is like within th- like 16 points <laughs> in my mind. Within 16 I would feel good about, not going to lie. Um more than 20 you know would be a bummer but yeah you're, you're right like it is the the teams are similar ish as they were last year so if you go by that i guess you can expect a 19 point loss my score prediction would be seven to three nice i like it yeah four point loss. <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it um, hubbard will run for a 99 yard touchdown we will have a tyler tipton 65 yard field goal and then nothing else will happen that would be so depressing I would maybe not watch Tulsa football the rest of the year. That's not true. Uh, not true. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Twenty one point uh, spread. Some stats on OSU from last year. Um, some notes. So the Cowboys won eight and five overall. Five and four in the Big Twelve. Uh, we talked about Spencer Sanders a little bit. Um, freshman quarterback last year is now a sophomore. Obviously, uh, completed sixty two percent of his passes as a freshman. That is that's pretty good. Uh, the not good thing was the turnovers, as Philip talked about last week in our in our interview with him. Sixteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Um, not not super great there. Uh, he also fumbled it a lot, from what I can tell. I didn't I didn't look I didn't look at the uh, fumble numbers from him, but that's kind of what Philip made it sound like. Um, obviously, their big star Chuba Hubbard, uh, junior running back, averaged six point four yards a carry, twenty one rushing touchdowns last season. He's a stud. Where uh, obviously, I mean, we talk about it over and over again. Tulsa's running defense has never really been its calling card on the defensive end, so very, very worried about Chuba. Um, will be interesting to see how we try to tackle that uh, this week. Because, I mean, we have the first game of the year. All of prep is going towards OSU right now. So you got to think they're, they got something in mind, but I doubt we contain him really. Um, something else Philip mentioned last week was uh, he's expecting to see a lot more of their backup running back, LD Brown, 
and he's a good he's a good player too. Average 5.5 yards a carry last year with two touchdowns, only 40 carries. The vast majority went to Chuba, obviously. Um, but expect to see more of LD Brown as well. And then on the receiving end, they've got stars all over the place. Tylen Wallace, the headliner, he's the senior wide receiver, 53 catches last year for 903 yards and eight touchdowns, and that's only from eight games. He went out with a knee injury. Uh, so there is a little bit of concern on whether he'll come back as strong as he was last year. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't really have an opinion on whether that's going to be the case or not. I think he probably will. Um, I don't, it didn't seem from everything I've heard, just by reading some stuff online. Uh, it seems like he's moving around fine. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that for him. Um, their other senior wide receiver, Dylan Stoner also back, uh, 52 catches for 599 yards and five touchdowns last year. And then when Talon Wallace went out, uh, Braden Johnson was kind of their number three that stepped up in his place. And he looked really good too. So, yeah. so they've got weapons all over the receiving core. Obviously, we always talk about our passing defense and how strong that is. So that'll be a nice matchup to watch um, and to see, you know, how often we get burned uh, if that happens, which, I, you know, I'm sure it'll happen a time or two. But uh, yeah, so definitely super excited to watch OSU's passing attack against our pretty old and pretty experienced at this point uh, defensive backs. So very much looking forward to that on the OSU defensive side. Um They've got, they've like, you know, you mentioned it, Matt, they are, it seems like people think they're going to be improved over last year. I think they finished kind of middle of the pack in, in the big 12 on defense last season. Um, they're kind of headlining guy. It seems like is safe is their safety, uh, Colby Harvell Peel. And he's back, um, to lead what everybody thinks is going to be a better defense this year. They were, they weren't terrible last year, but kind of middle of the road. Like I mentioned, uh, Colby had five interceptions, 13 pass breakups last year. So that's a hell of a stat line for him. And then another kind of standout dude for them on defense, who I think is going to be really good, is a sophomore D-lineman D Trace Ford. And worried about him uh, getting to the quarterback as well. You know, our offensive line for TU, um, and we talked about it in the season preview and things, and how they we think they're going to be pretty improved this year. But there's still a lot of unknowns on the O-line. So it'll be interesting to watch that too. Just a like a funny, I feel like we got – not us personally, but there's a lot of like salty OSU fans on Twitter who are like upset at Tulsa for asking <laughs> OSU to postpone the game. Um, and I just think it's going to be, it would be incredibly funny um, if we ended up winning this because it got delayed and we were able to actually be game ready for mm -hmm. a football game. Uh, I can just imagine like, oh man, they will be so angry on Twitter. Yeah, but that. like why? Like what's the actual reason? I mean, I totally agree. I think they'll, they'll if they some if we somehow win this game, they're gonna be like, oh well, it's because you delayed it a week, and you know, like what? But why though? What would be the what would be the reason that that helped? It would help both teams, right? You would. I mean, you would think so. <laughs> but I mean, I guess the idea is like, well, they would have crushed us last week, and then like had an extra week off again, I guess, for whatever Big Twelve actual play. But yeah. So in the hypothetical situation where we win this game, they would have, but you know, had we played last week, there the argument would have been that we they were lost they because were and we weren't. Yeah, and so like if your if your reasoning is that oh we should have played you last week because half your team had COVID and you weren't gonna be playing, that's pretty weak, pretty weak argument, right? I don't think I don't know. I can't see anybody realistically making that. Like maybe some upset Twitter people. I'm sure upset Twitter people will, but uh in real life like this is helping both teams it's giving both teams another week of preparation i don't think it really impacts the game um i mean obviously we'll probably see better quality football hopefully uh from both sides but 
and maybe it makes it less lopsided because we lost those practices in OSU. It doesn't seem like they have lost any practices. Um, but you heard Coach Montgomery. Uh, you know, I don't remember if it was in an interview or some podcast episode or something, but um, he came out and said that, you know, we're not, so TU isn't disclosing COVID stats anymore. And people are, you know, asking why, right? And he's like, well, you know, we've got positives. OSU has positives. They're not disclosing them either, I don't think. And so everyone's like, okay, well, you know, who's playing? <laughs> like, who's, who's actually going to come out to the field next weekend? And the hope is obviously that as many people as possible can, but it'll be interesting to watch, you know, and see if we lose any, any guys um, that we're expecting to be out there. And they haven't put out a depth chart for that game specifically yet. And then, you know, it's a week off, so we'll see what happens. But um, I am a little bit worried about that. You know, in our interview with Philip last week, he, he talked about OSU's depth chart what, what it was supposed to be for the game on Saturday when it was supposed to be last Saturday. And he said they, you know, they had some people marked off for COVID, but none of them were, um, you know, their starters, really. They, they were expecting maybe one guy was a starter. And uh, who knows what's going on with Tulsa because you've got Memphis coming down with 20 cases and postponing games, all this stuff after whatever happened over there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it is weird that we are not really reporting that data anymore. Anything else on OSU? No, I think uh, it's time to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. Uh, I haven't seen, like, prices for tickets. If they, I don't know if it's, uh, so I think OSU is doing 15% capacity. Or Only something. 15. Okay. I don't remember. I don't know if they were, I feel like a lot of people are doing 25%. Yeah, maybe it is 25. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I mean, we're doing 13 now. You see that? Yeah, which is of a weird number i heard um that they were like ranged from 13 up to like 39 percent capacity who uh, that was, that's what the athletic department was deciding uh, oh for, for tulsa year. like yeah. that's what they were debating between mm -hmm. okay so i wonder why I, i'm curious to see what the why the 13 percent um you know my pessimistic view is they're like well you know, maybe we can sell out if we limit it to 13%. No, I don't think so. I, th I think what it is it's is... It's uh, six feet of between groups of set is what... I think you can... I don't know. You know, I'd have to, you know, figure out how many seats are in there, like, officially and actually go through and figure out how many you'd be able to fit if everybody's six feet apart and creative ways to do that. But I don't think that's what it is. I think the reason is um, Tulsa is so dependent on there being a football season this season so that we get the TV money that they're just going to play everything as safe as physically possible. So, yeah. And I mean, if you think of like who goes, who are the types of people that end up going to TU games? A lot of it's like students or um, like it's a generally older crowd. I think. Seems like it. And so, I mean, yeah, definitely. I would say play it safer because those people are the most at risk Yeah. for COVID. Um, and looking up Boone Pickens, uh, which is where OSU plays, obviously, they're doing 25% capacity. Okay, So nice. it's like 13, just under 14,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. The safer, I'm, I'm honestly sort of, for a while, I thought that TU was going to say no fans in the stadium at all uh, for that reason. Also, just to lock it down as much as they can, um, introduce as little risk as possible to the whole season. But um obviously they didn't do that and like some college teams have done it uh they started i think uh cincinnati maybe is doing that there's a couple in our conference and you know outside of our conference too um but yeah so it's 13 percent, which is about four thousand students in the stadium at a time and going just like on top of the cincinnati one there that was like for the first couple games 
Uh, but it was like, we'll reevaluate when we get to like middle of October. And it's like, yeah. well, Tulsa's first home game isn't even until <laughs> middle of exactly. October. So we kind of don't have to, because of the cancellations that we had, we're able to not have to do like a split system, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, with that kind of along those same lines, um, season tickets are not applicable this year. Uh, anybody who got season tickets, I think has several different options. They sent an email out a few months ago with those options. It was one was like, roll them over to next year. One was donate, <laughs> donate your money to the university. Cause we need it really bad. Uh, I think were the, well, there were some other ones, weren't they? What were the other options? I can't remember. I'll pull it up later. Um, yeah, but if you did have season tickets for this year, like if you had already bought them, uh, you get first priority. Or I guess no, not even that. Not I don't even think that's the case. I think if you had season tickets last year for the 2019 season, you get first priority at getting the single game tickets um, for this season. So it'll be single game tickets only, no season tickets, but you can buy them in pairs of two or four. Uh, and then those single game tickets go on sale, looks like two weeks before each home game. So we should see those. First home game is October 17th. Is that right? Yeah. So early October, we should see those come out, see the pricing on them, everything like that. And then you have to wear face coverings all the time. No exceptions. Even if you're there by yourself, six feet away from everybody, uh, which I get, you know, trying to be as safe as possible. Like I mentioned, I think that's why they went with a 13% thing. Um, so that makes sense in line with what their previous actions were. And then all tickets will be uh, digital as well. Okay, so let's move on. Um, some American conference stuff. So we didn't play this week, obviously, but a lot of the American did, or not even a lot of the American, some of the American did. Uh, so we did have college football in the conference once again. Um, a little bit of a recap on week one. Uh, we had three teams play. We went two and one. Uh, that one is a very lopsided one. But SMU beat Texas State. Uh, Texas State's out of the Sun Belt, who also played in week two and lost in like double overtime. Uh, also super, super crazy, awesome game. SMU beat them. Um, Memphis beat Arkansas State, also out of the Sun Belt. And then Navy played, <laughs> uh, but didn't really do anything. They got absolutely smoked by BYU, who's an independent. So kind of taking those a little bit of a game-by-game -game thing here. So SMU looked pretty bad. <laughs> like Shane Bouchelle looked rocky, threw two interceptions. Um, the offense wasn't really firing. This is their first season without Rhett, Rhett Lashley, who – where did he go? blanking Miami uh yeah he went and joined Miami um uh, with Manny Diaz and that's also Quincy Roche and De'Ara King are both over there too so the American Conference is kind of heavy on the Miami team uh but so this is the first season without OC Lashley and it was totally a different feel from SMU it was like a lot heavier of a run game than I expected it to be uh they've got this I think his name's Bentley and then uh TJ McDaniel I think is their kind of other lead back and they ran a lot um didn't look super great. Their run game was kind of suspect to begin with, and that sort of ended up being how it went. So ugly win there for SMU, pretty close game. Uh, Memphis, like I mentioned, beat Arkansas State. Arkansas State is like legit team now. You know, they played with Memphis week one. Everybody was like, okay, is Memphis a little bit down this year or is Arkansas State just really just pretty good? Nobody really knew after week one, obviously yesterday. Uh, so we're recording Sunday. Saturday was yesterday. Arkansas State went into Manhattan, Kansas and beat Kansas State, who was like a kind of a, a, a good pick as a sleeper team in the Big 12, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of be up there at the top. So, man, and if you don't remember, we have them on our schedule. That's our second game? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got OSU this week, and then we have one week off, 
right? Or no? Not anymore. Oh, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. No weeks off anymore because the OSU game was postponed. Yeah, that was the big as like we were supposed to come in like fresh and ready to go against Arkansas State who yeah. got gassed and on their fourth game. But now they're going to like have a win over Kansas State. It <laughs> yeah. used to be like way too high. Yeah. yeah. And that game is at Arkansas State too. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It's going to be it's getting tougher every week. They are looking really good. Um, but yeah, Memphis beat them. So, you know, at least Memphis, you know, kind of proved a little bit that they, like I mentioned after week one, Memphis, people were unsure if it was going to be like, is Memphis down without Mike Norvell over at Florida state who also lost his first game against Georgia tech. That sucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as Memphis down a little bit, people weren't sure. Now it looks like Memphis, you know, is probably pretty strong. Arkansas state is also just very strong. Uh, Brady white three for four touchdowns and an interception. Um, Rodriguez Clark, a.k.a. Dreek. Uh, that's what I guess he goes by, Dreek Clark. Uh, averaged five yards a carry. Uh, Sean Dykes and DeMonte Coxey on the receiving end both looked pretty solid. Probably um, expecting them to lead their receiving core once again, or at least co- for Coxey to lead them once again. And then, yeah, Matt reminded me, you know, the, the 20 people who got quarantined after the Memphis-Arkansas State game due to an alleged party bus you know, may or may not have happened. There's a bunch of people going back and forth on what, like players, players were out on Twitter saying, no, this didn't happen. You got reporters saying it did happen. You got students being like, I saw the party bus on campus. What are you talking about? Um, so who knows? I, I think it probably did happen. Like, it doesn't seem like it, it couldn't have. And Arkansas State went out and played, obviously. So it wasn't from them or anything. Uh, and then beat K-State. So who knows? But yeah, so Memphis looking good. And then the other game from week three or week one, what am I talking? Week one was uh, Navy. And like I mentioned, got blown out by BYU 55 to three. Real stinker there for Navy. They did, the big thing was they didn't have any contact in practice, right? Until like that week or like a few days before or something like that. And oh boy, man, it showed. I just, oh my gosh, that is a brutal loss. Like I think... I mean, you, you don't really see Navy of, like, all teams doesn't tend to get blown out. I know, because they control the clock. I mean, it's usually a lower-scoring game. They usually just, like, beat you hard on the ground. It was the other way around. BYU controlled that whole game. They Navy couldn't take them down. And obviously some of that has to do with the no, no contact in practice. Like, football's a contact sport. You need to practice how you play, as they say. But 55-3, to three, is it that big of a difference? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if not not practicing up until the week of is a 50-point deal there. I don't know if they win the game had they had normal practices or not, but it's a, that's a pretty rocky score. Yeah, and to have that game be like the Labor Day prime time like showcase game and then just to lay a goose egg <laughs> yeah. against, I mean, I guess not technically a goose egg because they put points up, but yeah. just complete crap I know. in and front of everybody. I feel like... At least it was Navy, right? Nobody hates on Navy unless you're Army or Air Force. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of likes the military academy schools. A lot of people probably still forget that they're in the American, I feel like, right? They probably still think they're an independent. Um, so of all the teams, I think, to get embarrassed but still, like, maintain respect, Navy's, like, the easy the easy pick there, right? Everyone loves Navy. True. So I think that, you know, what take that for what it's worth. It's not really worth anything, but... Uh, whatever. So week two just happened. Another week of games. Saturday started playing. I was very jealous. We were supposed to be playing, of course, at OSU. Um, had some good ones. So South Florida got started. 
taking on FCS The Citadel, which I love. Love the name. Um, won the game, 27 to 6. Defense apparently looked very good. I actually didn't get to watch any of this game. Um, but stat-wise, interesting. Interesting stat-wise. So 27 to 6 was the final score. First win for new head coach, former Clemson offensive coordinator Jeff Scott. Uh, they had a quarterback battle going on. I don't know when that got settled, but McLeod, Jordan McLeod, got the start at quarterback. And sort of, I guess, as expected, I don't know. I don't know if I was expecting it to be this run heavy, but, like, they only attempted 16 passes mm-hmm. and, you know, completed 11 of them. So 11 of 16, 68 yards and a touchdown. And, like, no one – there are no, like, big-time receivers that all of the passes went to. Like, obviously, of the 11, it was it was very spread out. So I think it was like Randall St. Felix. I think he led he them four receptions, but only seven yards. I know. Exactly. Exactly. And like he was, I feel I'm blanking. So, so many things from last year I'm kind of blanking on, but I think he was their main guy last year. Um, besides like Josiah DeGuara or no, that was Cincinnati. Who was their big uh, tight end? Mitchell Wilcox. Uh, so he went off. I don't remember if he's in the NFL or not, but um, yeah. So St. Felix <laughs> leads, leads them in catches, but gets seven yards. And then, You've got some other guys. Bryce Miller had three for 36 yards. Devontrez Dukes, two for 17. So I don't know if that was the game plan to like super spread it out, but like not really get anywhere. Obviously not getting anywhere is not part of the game plan, but 11 passes or 11 completions out of 16. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, but, but when you're running for 300 yeah, yards. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they like, yeah, that was my next point. Like they were super run heavy and obviously that was working for them. They won 27 to six. Um but they also spread that out like crazy. So they've got Johnny Ford, who was there last year doing some good stuff. Kelly Joyner, Brian Battle, Darian Felix. They're like four or five others, I feel like, that got decent, you know, three carries or more at uh, at running back. So they were really spreading that out. This could have very well just been like, it's week one. It's the Citadel. We're expecting to win. We're just going to play as many people as possible and like feel out how things go. Probably what happened. But just so weird to look down the stat line and be like oh everyone had three of something everybody had three catches everybody had three rushes uh it's, it's very weird very balanced game in terms of players who get touches right um but they win the game 27 to 6 and then the other game uh, yesterday was Tulane taking on South Alabama um won it but was not looking good uh, especially for a Tulane team who the Athletic had an article about them last week, thinking they're a dark horse in the in the conference with all the returning talent they've got. They only beat South Alabama twenty-seven to twenty-four, and they were down twenty-four to thirteen at the start of the fourth quarter. So down by nine, and then they score fourteen unanswered. No, down by eleven. Sorry, and then score fourteen unanswered to win by three. Uh, the starting quarterback was who everybody expected it to be, Keon Howard. Um, backed up Justin McMillan last year. He is the transfer from Southern Miss, and he, uh, you know. Didn't look bad, necessarily. I mean, not a good game for him, really, though. 14 of 30 for 190 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but also no no interceptions. But he did lose a fumble. So kind of a, a mixed bag for him for game one. And then, as expected, they ran it way more than they passed it. Um, 41 rushes. <laughs> uh, Ty J Spears, 11 carries for 106 yards. Damn, like that is a hell of a stat line right there. 11 carries, 106 yards. It's, what, 10 point something yards of carry. I don't know. Five carries for 34 yards and a touchdown for Amari Jones, who's back. And then uh, a guy, I don't know if this is a new guy or if I just didn't notice him last year, Cameron Carroll uh, got 10 carries. So the second most on the team, but only for 26 yards, but he did get two touchdowns. So 
Don't know if he's the big like bruiser at the goal line that they bring in or what, but that's what's going on over in Tulane. Then receiving core is just super weak so far. Not looking good receiving-wise for them, which probably contributed to uh, the Rockies' first stat line for, for Keon Howard over at quarterback. Um, Jaquan Jackson led the group with three catches for 44 yards. Everybody else had two or less. Um, and then the guy who I thought was going to be, and still, I mean, it's one game, whatever, but I thought he would have a bigger game, and I think he'll be a big receiver for them this year, is Michael Jones, who transferred from OU, and he had one catch for 21 yards against South Alabama. But all things considered, the American is 4-1 and one on the season, which is second best in college football when you look at conference records, uh, non-conference, and uh, the only one better is the ACC, who is 3-0. I wonder um, just... In regards to like when, like how well you're winning though, um, is the overall point like differential like plus or minus just based <laughs> just because of that Navy BYU game was right. minus 52? <laughs> yeah. Like, do the other four games combined did we win by 53 points? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Right? No, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, the like, the Navy one definitely brings it down. Yeah, because you can you can point to the, the the conference as four and one, which is like that's a good. You can't argue with that numbers. Like that's not a bad number. Like that's good. But then it's just like, well, our wins are over Texas State, or is it? Yeah, it was Texas State. Yep. Arkansas State, which looks like a good win now, obviously, sure. and I think it will for the rest of the season. But then like the Citadel and South Alabama. And then you have that ugly, ugly loss. So it's like, eh, that 4-1 and one is good, but don't look into it too closely, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, obviously the BYU one is the worst of the group by a lot. Um, but, like, South Florida picked to finish last with a 20-point win over anybody, I think is encouraging. Um, and then Texas State's probably the, probably the second worst. Uh, SMU, I think, was like a 17-point favorite in that one. Or maybe maybe that was the twenty-one point favorite game. Yeah, and they won by three or whatever that was. So rocky start for them. But then everything else I think was pretty good. Like the Memphis win over Arkansas State by thirteen or however much they ended up winning by. That's pretty strong against a, a good team. And is that all? Two lane South Alabama. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's not that's not super great either. Uh, but you know I'll take the wins. Give me the dubs over the over the zero and three Big Twelve um, versus the Sun Belt uh, from this last weekend. So oh, I said it. Sun Belt is Power Seven. Power Seven, baby. Let's just go with Power Not Power Ten. Everybody's a power conference now. There's no uh, there's no power balance. Um, anything else on the American? Anything like that you want to talk about? I mean, not really. There's it's been weird because there's been two weeks of football, but there have only been like five American games and nobody's even played twice yet. I know. It's like, I guess, does everyone play this weekend other than, um, I don't know. Cause that the Memphis Houston game, that wasn't this weekend, right? Was that next or was it this upcoming weekend? No, I don't remember. Yeah, Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Memphis versus Houston got canceled, but I can't remember when that was supposed to be. Yeah. So, it's hard. It is hard to keep track of when everybody's playing. It, maybe it'll get easier once like conference play officially starts. Yeah. Which I think is next. Well, two weeks for us, but I think so. I'm like the like, ACC has already played play like first game until like the last weekend of September. Yeah, SEC is all conference only. The ACC has already played like three conference games or something. Yeah. So it's all it's a, it's all over the place, man. Like the I don't know. You 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 read the athletic. Um, they have like a column every week now of like who plays whom and why or where or something. I don't remember, but it's always just this constantly updating page of 
what's happening, what games got canceled, what got moved to what other week. And it's just so hard to keep track of. But yeah, so it goes in the COVID football era. Yeah, so uh, now we're going to transition to JJ's No Sports Zone. Um, it's kind of, we just told her, hey, we want to not talk about sports. So she just had free reign to talk about whatever she wanted. And as a reminder, JJ is Pat's fiance. And as another reminder for any new listeners, Pat used to be a host of the show. Okay, um, so this is something we've kind of been talking about for a couple years now, and this seemed like the perfect week to do it because, as we all know, there are no sports for Tulsa. And so uh, we have with us J.J. Cody, uh, who, as you all may remember, Pat, our late co-host, who is still alive. Uh, Pat (laughs) is J.J.'s fiance. Um, And so J.J. has, for the longest time, wanted to do a no sports zone on the podcast, um and it just seems like this is the perfect week so jj why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so all it took was my fiance leaving the show (laughs) and uh, a global pandemic for me to finally get my segment which i've been (laughs) begging for for since the beginning since i think before you guys even launched the first sode so welcome to jj's no sports zone Welcome to JJ's No Sports Zone, where we do anything except for talk about sports. This is your safe space. Perfect for the Golden Hurricast. Good stuff. Yep. I'm sure your fans will love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, first thing I want to ask about, I, I know Matt, Matt was going to ask too. Um, been seeing you on Twitter a lot, asking right. about, or not, not even asking, uh, given your opinions about various <laughs> things that are Star Trek related, mostly around... Something to do with the hottest Star Trek character. I don't really know if I'm following that the right way, but please explain right. uh, what, okay. what's going so, on. So, I I think I'm going to start by delving into diving into my history with Star Trek because it's very brief. I am so new to the game. <laughs> um, I like saw the Chris Pine movies and loved them because Chris Pine, obviously, and they're great. Um, but during this quarantine, my family and I have been like really locked down, mm-hmm. and like one of the few things that we can agree on on the TV is Star Trek. So every night at 10 o'clock on this TV channel called Heroes and Icons, H&I, shout out H&I, channel 77, we watch Star Trek Voyager. And it's like the one thing we can agree on. And it's like the one thing we look forward to every night. And this is like your, this is your whole family, like joining, they're watching together. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Nice. Um, what we, there's a hashtag on there. Like, so what H&I does is at like six o'clock, they show an episode from the original series and then they follow it with Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. And they do that every night except for Saturdays, the worst night of the week. And um, they have a hashtag H&I does called hashtag All Star Trek. And so like people go on there and like live tweet the sods and like kind of, you know, banter a little bit and I was watching an episode a couple, like probably about a month ago, and I was like, man, that that character's hot. And I tweeted it, and I was like, hey, this person's also hot. Oh, this person's also hot. And then it became a thing where I was like, okay, let's choose whoever the hottest person is in each episode. And so the hashtag is hotties of Voyager, hashtag all Star Trek. And I've been doing it, and I'm getting a little bit of traction. Nice. Like, there's some people that, like, interact with it that aren't just my sisters. <laughs> and even if it was just my sisters i would probably still do it (laughs) so like what is uh it's 
so uh, tell me if I'm understanding this right. So you're, it's Voyager, which is, I know nothing about Star Trek, so let me preface this. Um, right. And I, I barely do either. I haven't even is, seen uh, the season of Voyager. I started at the end okay. of the first season. How many seasons <laughs> are there? I think there's seven, and I think we're on four. Okay. So for the hashtag, Hotties of Voyager there, are they are the characters so different in every episode that there's going to be a different one like most of the time? Or are you well, repeating it's kind of often? Like they, do, they do bottle sods. So um, like they'll kind of follow one character more. Oh. And you, it usually is that person, but it's not always. And it's really, it's less about their physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Because like, I would say Tom Paris, a character is very handsomely, he's very handsome. But he's also very whiny, and I just don't care for that. So he's never been the hottest, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he ever will be. But who knows? So it's like things like that. I think one time it was like I joked that it was the hottest people were the Herogens, which is a race that's like really funny looking and like really their whole thing is like they're hunters and they go after their prey and uh-huh. so. I made them the, the hottest, you know, it's different. It's different every night. So like, are you keeping a list of like your rankings basically of like ev- over time, who are the all timers? Right. I haven't been ranking them yet, but I actually did think about that recently. I was like, I should probably like <laughs> see who gets it the most. Like, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't have thought that I thought Tuvok was the hottest. He's a Vulcan. And, but there's something about him. He's still got a little bit of a personality in there. <laughs> yeah. So he gets it a lot actually. So you know, it's it's fun to like have a have something to look forward to every night, and also judge people <laughs> in like a safe way. Yeah, with family, that's great. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, are you also a Star Wars fan? Or are you definitely a Trekkie here? I I think I'm definitely a Trekkie, and I've like I've seen all the Star Wars, but honestly, I couldn't tell you much about them. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I and I I don't want to be like oh, if you're a Star Wars fan, you suck, go Trekkies. Like, I think people should just be able to, like, like, I don't understand why they're mutually exclusive and why there's this, this little war. Definitely no hotties in Star Wars, I'll tell you that. There's not a one. Actually, <laughs> I'll give it to Ray. Ray's hot. Darth Maul. Uh, give it to him. Probably yeah, good... Darth Maul, honestly, Darth Maul's got a little something, something. Oh, yeah. Post, post-surgery, I thought he was better. <laughs> he was... Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, okay, so I will go to that first listener question that I had. Um, so this is a question from a fan who says, JJ, what would be your favorite non-sports competitive event to watch? Ooh, that's a, that is a great question from a great fan. Hmm. You know, I am not against competitiveness. So I actually really do like the hot dog eating contest every year because it's thoroughly unsettling and disgusting um so it makes it like exciting you're like whoa what is this why so i you know i like i like food related competition what's the dude who wins every, it's something uh uh something christmas is that his last name the guy who wins every year does you know? chestnut joey chestnut, joey chestnut. Joey chestnut. Joey chestnut. i knew i had the ch right at the beginning there joey yeah, christmas he's, <laughs> he like 40 hot dogs this year that should be illegal isn't he on like a 10 year, 10 week streak or 10 week 10 year streak or something like, I, I feel something like, he's like that. my entire life i feel like he's always been the, the top one. dog yeah top hot dog i should uh-huh. say 
that. Yeah, I feel like you get that. You get like the pantheons of like certain events. Like you have like Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal. Uh, you have like Serena Williams was on top of the tennis world, and then you have Joey Chestnut, like hot dog eating <laughs> extraordinaire. Um, yeah, you so can't name it... anyone else. From hot although dog. I do think we are so with. A hot dog eating contest. We're getting pretty close to a sport. I think they would probably argue it's that true. it's a sport. I, like if you asked Joey Chestnut, I'm pretty sure it's Joey. If you asked him, what do you do? Like he would say, oh, I, I eat hot dogs. And it, he, would, he would probably argue it's a sport, right? So I, we got to be careful in this topic here because we are in the no sports zone. So it's it's non-sport competitive. Okay. That's the question, right? Yes. yes. What about like dominoes? I love dominoes. It's a game. It's like, I'm also yeah, very not good a sport. The eternal question, what is a sport, right? What is a sport? Wow. What is a sport? Okay. But we keep mentioning sports. And this is JJ's no sports yeah. zone. We're doing this bad. I think dominoes counts. <laughs> I think dominoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, having played some dominoes games with like JJ, they, those are very competitive. Mm-hmm. Very competitive. I've like almost broken up with Pat over dominoes. <laughs> what? He didn't start my train. I thought he loved me. You started Obviously the not. Yeah. Ugh. What a god. I know. He didn't actually leave the show. We kicked him off, and that was the reason. <laughs> Thank you he'll, for your He'll support. deny it. Yeah, he'll take it to his grave. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we just forgot. I uh, what was it. Um, we just played it with you guys. Bananagrams. I played with Matt and Maddie. Um, have you played Bananagrams? I have, and I'm terrible at it because I can't spell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Like I love playing Scrabble, right? But Scrabble especially if you play with two people it's such a slow game it takes forever and i love playing like i really enjoy the game i like playing uh words with friends on my phone i haven't done that in years but i used to play that all the time and that was like perfect right you can play your move then you leave for a while and then you just come back whenever you want and it's great but normal scrabble takes a long time you're waiting the entire time but anagrams if you aren't aware you just play your own game it's a little self-contained scrabble game but you're playing against somebody else so you're just trying to make words as fast as you can. It's like the perfect situation. I love that game. Definitely it's worth playing. The most fun when you make it like dirty words. Yeah, right. Dirty bananagrams. Then, then that's I think gets the creative juices flowing. Definitely like only dirty words. Um, mainly dirty words. Yeah. Say like ninety percent have to be. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose. Yeah. So you just have like mud, filth. Well, uh... I feel like I did it one time and I said like moist, because people hate that. So it's, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Did you and Emma end up buying Bananagrams? We did. We just played it last night. Yep. Nice. It was fun. Um, did you, you heard of um, Pat's new addiction? I feel like I should Don't since so. I live with him. Since you live with him. He, so I love 2048, which was yeah. like huge in like 2014. And I just got a new phone and had all this storage. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can download any app I want. So I got <laughs> yeah. 2048 again. And I was playing it next to Pat and he, he literally like took my phone from me and started playing it and played for hours. Wow. And then he got it himself. And literally the other night, he stayed up till 4 a.m. playing oh my it. God, what? He couldn't stop. He was like, I'm not going to stop until I get 2048. What are you and doing with this again? Is this the, like, you, the matching number game thing? You yeah, where you like you add two together. Powers of two. Yes. Like right. a little grid. And it's tiles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I remember. I don't. Upright, upright. Up right. Oh no, I go. What corner? <laughs> Wait, what? You you play the top right corner. Mm-hmm. I play bottom left. I think mm-hmm. this is this is like the new enigram. What is that like the enigram? Mm-hmm. 
this is it. This is how you know about yeah, you get You get like 16 different options. You can go like, are you an up, right? Are you a right, up? <laughs> are you left, down, down, left? I'm I mean. Left, down, left, mm. down. Mostly if you go, if you go down more than side, that helps a lot. Cause I actually just got, I got 4096 last night. So wow. I feel like I'm like kind of, you know, a pro. I am, I'm a pro, I'm an expert. So hit me with your 2048 question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is 2048 times two? Isn't it 4096? Yeah. Cool. Don't, okay. Don't, yeah. Cool. Don't doubt yourself. Okay. You made me so nervous. <laughs> I think the next thing I'm playing for is like eight, one, two, something. I don't know. I could look it up, but Hit don't make numbers, me do math. math. This is JJ's no school zone and JJ's no math zone. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Now I feel like two I things. Need. Yeah. Yeah. No math zone. That's not allowed anymore. Uh, that's good. Yeah. We just started, uh, I also just started playing over quarantine solitaire, which I've never really played before. Honestly, I don't know why I just went through my entire childhood and all of up to like three months ago, barely ever playing solitaire. And actually I'm like, I'm like addicted to it now. It is very fun. Yeah. I still like, don't it's really so nice know the to rules. turn off your brain. God, it's great. I know. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Definitely a good quarantine activity. It takes yeah. it takes like, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes to get through a game. It's nice. Like, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah so speaking of good, like, quarantine activities, you guys, I guess, you're still having concerts for um, Tulsa Chamber yes. Music, right? Yeah, Chamber Music Tulsa. Chamber Music Tulsa. Um, we actually, we have a concert tonight at 8 o'clock, um, but we're only doing, we are only doing virtual right now. Mm, so, so are they like recording from their houses or like studios, um, I guess? So we're working with a platform and I don't think she's doing it from her house, but she could. Like they have they have all the equipment and they could do it kind of anywhere. And it's Sweet. it's actually like really high quality. They use lots of like great sound equipment and stuff. So it's real it's kind of nice. The other night we had one, I guess this was in July, and I got to like sit there and watch it with my family in sweatpants and like my mom got to enjoy it, which was nice. And my dad was like, he, he was, he had just worked that day and he was literally like snoring through it. And I was like, you know, this is great. Cause I can enjoy it with them without right. being embarrassed that my dad just fell asleep during my time. <laughs> <Yeah. concert. laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, has that slowed down? Like what's it been like, I guess, since quarantine, I guess, Matt, you said you're still, they're still doing them, but did you guys like shut things down for a while? Or what was it like over so, there? So we, we're lucky in that we only had to cancel our April concerts. So we tend to do like, like September through April or May anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so we only missed one concert weekend and one special event. Um, so like summertime is slow anyway. And I think the right. hardest part right now is getting people to subscribe when like, we don't know if there's events for them to subscribe to necessarily. Um, and like, how do we keep, cause we have a lot of people who have been a part of Chamber Music Tulsa for decades. And like, how do we keep those people engaged when this is like right. a huge, like social thing for them. So we are, we're doing some um, virtual concerts. We're doing, um, we haven't announced anything yet, but we're gonna try and do some virtual educational stuff soon. And we did do this little thing, we call them cue boxes or like little subscription, like, care packages where we gave them like little cutting board little links to music to download <laughs> seeds to to like plant things and like nice. just kind of like 
hey, remember us, please, because <laughs> yeah. this will end at some point and we don't right. want you to forget us. So, yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea. So, but there's no timeline on like when things are going to be back in full swing. We are really taking it like kind of case by case. Yeah. So like we, we went ahead and canceled September and October. Um, November, we're not 100% sure on yet. Um, gotcha. And then, like, so we're just, I think we're really hoping that there will be a vaccine and we can end up doing our, mm. or, or things will get better, you know. But right now, I mean, Oklahoma is a red state or a red zone state. I know, and I saw that. Not, and our audience is older and it just doesn't feel like, yeah, like the moral thing to do to let people come to a concert right now. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so JJ, is there anything else like non-sports, I guess, that you want to talk about? Anything at all? Oh my gosh. Well, I, okay, let's go back to Star Trek for a little bit. Okay. Um, because I just want to, I, I didn't mention the captain herself, Captain Catherine Janeway of the Federation Starship Voyager. <laughs> She's late, first lady captain. She's a badass. And she like is so like, she makes a decision and she does it, even if maybe she shouldn't. But she is so confident and incredible and I love her and she is my everything. She doesn't get haughty of Voyager enough, um, but she is honestly the ultimate haughty of Voyager. So why, like, if she doesn't get it enough, there are just others in certain episodes? Or is she yeah, not in many episodes really or what? No, she's in a lot. I just... I just really do it case by case. And honestly, I do whatever the funniest, the funniest option is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a fair, but complicated system to choosing the hottie of Voyager. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. we try not to leave anyone, but Tom Paris behind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like fun. I, I like seeing your tweets on Twitter about it. I don't even watch the show and I, I enjoy them. So Thank <laughs> hope you. you keep doing them. Yeah. Uh, you should hit the like button more, buddy. I do, don't I? Do I? Uh, maybe I don't. I don't remember. I'm, I will. I will. Watch out for uh, whatever your next tweet is. It's getting that like. It'll be tonight at probably 11.05 p.m. I'll, uh, I, I, so I don't claim the hottie until the until the episode's over. As you should. So, and sometimes I even sit and think about it for a second. Well, I'll even go ahead and put your tweets on notification for today. Just so, <laughs> yeah, you. I'll be ready. Love it. All right, Matt, anything else you want to talk about? Or JJ, any any kind of final thoughts? Matt, you would love Star Trek. I'm actually really surprised you Are have Are you not watched. a Trekkie, Matt? You, you I, seem like you would be. Honestly. I know, and I've had friends tell me that before. I've just like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never gotten into it. I liked the movies, the Abrams movies, like you were talking yeah. about. But I don't know. I feel like even now, I don't really watch that much TV. Yeah, like, same. Yeah. So it's hard to get into well, it. Well, and honestly, and like I want to also go in and support the slow binge because that's yeah. the way we're watching it we're watching one episode a night when it airs underrated it's it's so refreshing because it really does it gives you something to look forward to but you don't burn out on it as quickly True. but you also yep. don't really have to wait that long for anything so i think more people should do one or two episodes a night move on yeah i, I totally agree i feel like that's a, like a thing of the past all of a sudden yeah. because you know with all the obviously the streaming services you can most of them put everything out at once, right? And you just watch it all, which has its benefits, I suppose. But I definitely, I definitely think the healthier way of doing it, probably the more fun way of doing it is the uh, forcing yourself to do one a week and looking yeah. forward to that, like you said. And especially for a show that has so many seasons, like you'll get burnt out on it mm -hmm. if you just are constant, so. 
yeah, my uh, my worst offense at that, which definitely burned me out by the end, was I hadn't watched any Game of Thrones ever until season eight got announced, which was last year, right? Yes. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, I'd been wanting to watch it. I just had never gotten around to it. And I watched all seven seasons uh, in like three weeks or something. It was, it was oh, disgusting. Man. It was a terrible, terrible time. But I like really <laughs> like the show, you know, but not a healthy way to do that. <laughs> it becomes your life for a yes, bit. Absolutely. But, and it made a, it made I, season eight even more disappointing because I was like super following everything story related. Right. Because I was like, I had just watched the entire show and it was such a letdown. Uh, I don't want to get into that. It'll make me sad. But I've actually only seen season eight. <laughs> No way. You only watched season eight. Wow, you got the I, worst I, like, I never really got into it. I don't watch much HBO, really. Mm-hmm. But every night, there was a watch party at our house. <laughs> so I had to sit there and watch it, too. Yeah, and nice. I actually got kind of into it. Yeah. But, maybe yeah, maybe it's not better. Yeah, not knowing, like, the history of the show, you know? Yeah, if you I don't know how good it's been. By it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I should have just watched season eight. I wasted three weeks of my life. I could have just <laughs> only watched season eight and enjoyed it more. Oh, well. Uh, sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, um, JJ, thanks for joining us. Any Thank any closing words? Me. Of course, no, follow yeah. Me, follow me on Twitter at squared. It's all spelled out. <laughs> and um, follow hashtag Hotties of Voyager. Shout out to my all Star Trek fam. And thank you so much for finally finally making this happen and absolutely anytime anytime i'll talk about anything yeah hey if uh this is like the most likely season for this to happen twice in a in a season i think (laughs) with all the games getting canceled and and stuff like that so we might have to have you back on covid (laughs) yeah exactly all right well thanks a ton jj we will talk to you later all right say hey to pat for us i'll try you guys see matt sees him more than i do i don't see him anymore sad sad boy all righty thank you very much again to jj for joining the show today it was super fun hope you enjoyed it um talked about a bunch of fun stuff that are not sports related which obviously does not usually happen on this show so that was cool we got very close to sports though when we were talking joey chestnut i know man too close too close if you ask me uh, but if you like the show um please do share it on twitter tell a friend about it you can re- leave us a review on apple Podcasts as well that's super helpful Um, If you want to support us financially, you can do that. Uh, A couple different ways to do that, both of which are on our website. You can just go to thegoldenhuracast.com slash support, and you'll see those two ways there. And finally, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at goldenhuracast, all one word, or you can send us an email at thegoldenhuracast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week, hopefully with a game recap this time. Stay golden.